count down the hours, the minutes, and the seconds to that big game between Ghana and Egypt. Of course, before that as well, we'll be taking a look at the blockbuster between Nigeria and Cote d'Ivoire, uh, you know, the, uh, the home team who have won this tournament two times. Welcome to AFCON today. It's here on Joy News, on Joy Prime, and on Joy 99.7 FM. My name is Nathaniel Atto, and as always, there's expert analysis here on the show, and we're helping you in the biggest possible way to look ahead to all of these games which will be played later on today. And, of course, we will be looking at some very key numbers. We'll be looking at some uh, technical areas of the game which you may not bring your mind to, especially because of the nerves, especially because of the fanatism and the extreme passion with which you're following each game for various reasons. So we're going to be doing this over the next hour. And, as usual, uh, here with me in the studio are Fento Tahiru Fento and... The man, Victor Achu Tamaklo. And of course, later on, the man who's got the statistics and the numbers will be coming in to do some calculations and will be bringing our minds once again to a few things that will be very, very necessary, especially when it comes to Ghana versus Egypt. Yesterday, we saw the best performing African side at the FIFA World Cup started off on a good note uh, by winning. Of course, we also saw that game between Zambia and DR Congo where there was a stalemate, and we'll be going into those in terms of analysis as well. But what is your expectation? I'm glad that uh, you bring in some comments. We'll be getting on our social media handles, and we'll be gauging some of your thoughts as well because today there are varied thoughts around this game. Ahead of time as well, let's say a very big thank you to 1957 by KOD for helping all of us here uh, to accentuate our patriotism and uh, love for the national team. So, 1957 by KOD, uh, putting together these nice, uh, you know, Ghana edition jerseys for us as we look ahead to it. 1957 by KOD is on Instagram and Facebook. All right, guys, let's get down to the business now, shall we? And um, let's just hurry up with, you know, what happened yesterday so we can get down to the business. Actually, good to see you. Uh, Fento, good to have you back. Yes, yes, yes. Looking yeah. all that far. <laughs> Thanks to uh, KOD. 1957. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By KOD. These are lovely outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. hopefully this star will shine tonight. We, we do pray so. You know, uh, actually, we've been talking about predictions and all of yeah. that and how, you know, how some of them have worked and how some of them <laughs> have not exactly worked. At this time, what's running through your mind? You get worried about these predictions when you know your team is not good. <laughs> that, that's the only reason Ghanaians <laughs> are this worried. So when we hear this prediction, we're looking for someone who gave the alternative, who, whose prediction makes us a bit more optimistic and increases our chances of winning. The reality is this. We know our team is not good. That's why we're bothered. They said predictions are ways of... When we look we, predictions are ways that we look to reinforce our own beliefs. <laughs> so you have a hope, yes. you have a belief, but you want somebody to tell you, somebody in the spiritual to validate, to tell you that it will happen, and then you say, mm, it's true, I believe it. <laughs> well, uh, there's the other bit of all of this where it just looks like we're, well, bothering ourselves a little too much. We, we did the same thing, and we, we were not psyched well enough to play against Uruguay at the World Cup. Yeah. We lost the Uruguay game. It was a very unnecessary loss. And we rather won uh, the toughest one, which was against Korea. I keep uh, saying against it. Against Korea, yeah. Um, I think you could look at that and also, for example, the later stories that we heard about Andre's family issues and how he was thrust into the deep when he was going through all of that. And it came across as though he was not prepared. 
and or more importantly, those whose job it was to prepare him psychologically and the team, because Uruguay is always going to be an emotional affair. Yeah. We can be emotional, right? We, the fans and journalists, and everyone can be emotional. They cannot. They have to detach themselves from that situation or the sense of occasion. But it is someone's job to do that. Unfortunately, they couldn't. We're hoping that today we get that right. Well, earlier today, while we were getting ready for the show, my colleagues in the uh, production department, specifically the makeup studio, were asking me whether we've beaten Egypt before. Well, I'd love to throw back to Senegal 1992 when Tony Ebois struck that ball. It's still very, uh, you know, very clear in my mind. I do remember that night. And also, I'd want to remember our qualification series for one of our appearances at the FIFA World Cup where we ensured a 6-1 drubbing of the Pharaohs in Kumasi at the Babara Stadium. You know what? We've lived good days before. I just pray that we can, you know, <laughs> replicate that. Let's get back to uh, the business of, of, of last night. Now, uh, Morocco have also made a major statement, just like Senegal did uh, in their opening game. 3-0, expected, wasn't it? But for the first 20 minutes of the game, yeah. Tanzania looked like they had the, the capacity to hold the Egyptians. You heard the phrase, King King Kwa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just did some small skirmishes, but it was never a competition. Mm. Um, the level, even the level at which the players for both teams play, it wasn't even close. You, you're not going to believe it. Uh, Tanzania actually fielded a player from the fifth tier yeah. of English football, and he didn't last 45 minutes. He had to be substituted. It just tells you how poor uh, the Tanzanians were. And... Um, I think the result actually kind of flatters Tanzania a little bit. Apart from even because they didn't defend so well, the goalkeeper did his best, but, you know, not around to clear. Similar to what we uh, conceded, you know, in that game, that, that first game, of the, the first goal. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, dealing with set pieces. it out and yeah. on the rebound it was in. And they conceded from two set pieces, you mm. know. Uh, this one punched uh, basically a gift. And then the second one that Roman Saeed scored, yeah. also from a free kick, that was wrongly done. And then you look at this, a rush of blood, inexperience, and what have you. But you know what? Interestingly, they had six players in this starting lineup yeah. who also played at the last AFCON, yeah. and yet they're still searching for their first win uh, at this competition. So uh, I'm not surprised. I think Morocco needed to make that statement. They needed to win and win convincingly, and this was as easy as uh, you could ever get it. And for me, I think... Morocco still remain one of the favorites to win this competition. Mm. Um, you know, so it was a look at that. Very well worth go. And the build up was just sweet. Yeah. Sweet and smooth. Exactly. This is cohesion. This is this is understanding. Look at that. A one two passing. Brilliant. And for me I think they showed exactly why they are one of the favorites. Well, so uh, Morocco looking good, uh, Senegal looking good has to look good, otherwise we'd have to say goodbye. Uh, we'll get into that conversation in a bit. Let's now get into uh, the second fixture of the day. Do remember that yesterday we had uh, two fixtures. So this is it. DR Congo versus Zambia. There's been always a lot of talk about DR Congo and, uh, you know, how their league uh, gradually became strong, you know, some seven to ten years ago, and how it fed into the national team. Um, Zambia were a success story in 2012, but what is the situation now? Well, this is the kind of result we saw yesterday. It was, and I thought DR Congo um, had the converse of what Morocco had, in the sense that for the good football that Morocco played, the central theme 
And for me, the most important thing was the players that we mentioned yesterday, the big characters, Roman Saiz, Unahi, El Nasiri, Ashraf Hakimi, and Hakim Ziyech, assuming responsibility. If you introduce that narrative or that theme into the DR Congo game, their central figures appear to rush it, right? So Cedric Bakambu got into some very good positions that I thought he should have scored because they took control of the game. When the game started, they were everything many of us thought Ivram Grant's Zambia were going to be. They had, they had more cohesiveness to themselves, more intentional, and played essentially more structured football. The only problem for me was that in the final third, Cedric Bakambu and his colleagues further up the pitch appeared to rush it. And that's something I would want to see fixed in the second game. Very good football, but yes, sometimes the, the intensity needs to be a bit measured and calm. Otherwise, all of that will be for nothing. And we saw that yesterday. Yeah, they, they really should have won this game, Not Like, it wasn't even supposed to be close. Uh, Zambia's goal was a very, yes, a great attempt, but they got a bit lucky because yeah. the defending was calamitous, in my, in my opinion. Um, this penalty decision, for example, was also the right call, thanks to VAR. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zambia probably would have had uh, that against them. But I think overall, yesterday, I really liked DR Congo's performance, and I choose very right. Some of the senior players, especially Cedric Pokambu, kind of let them down because he got into some very good positions where a bit more patience and a bit more assurance could have resulted in him scoring. But uh, he was just rushing the opportunities. And you can see at the final whistle, look at that. They all looked very, very disappointed. And if you look at that DR Congo team, very good players. Players that you remember, Chancel Mbamba is still yeah. playing there. Gael Kakuta, one time a teenage prodigy at Chelsea. He played in that number 10 position yesterday, and I loved the way he was spreading the pass. And this is a player who started as a winger. Yeah. And that's what they say about players in the older age always dropping. He's not the first one, is he? We've seen many, even like the Messi. Um, we've seen many explosive players becoming, transforming, becoming different kind of players uh, in their older age. But I still fancy this DR Congo team. You mentioned something very significant about the period where their league was doing really well. And that period never really translated into success at the national team level. Mm. And they kept getting kicked out. Even and you know why getting kicked so. out by Ghana in 2017. Yeah. yeah. Why that was so is exactly the situation with Tanzania. Exactly. The That's players who give quality to the league were not Congolese nationals. So a lot of them... From, so, Yafra Mpon, BAJ, Atubisa Enko came from Ghana. That's yet, true. Exactly. So many players from across the continent, but because their clubs at that time were financially strong, they could attract those players. The problem, though, is that international football does not allow you to spend money. You work with what you have. And that's why, like friends mentioned, they have four non-league players, Tanzania, yesterday, including a certain Kwesi Kawawa, the goalkeeper. Yeah, and uh, you know, Maswaku, like I said, is yeah. also in there. If you look at a DR Congo squad, very good players. So um, if they can get their finishing right, I think they will do well. This is the message from Fento Tahiru Fento here in the studio. And this is going to everyone listening or watching uh, on the internet and on our social media handles from DR Congo. Get your finishing right and you probably may tell a different story at the ongoing Africa Cup of Nations. This is AFCON today and we're live on Joy 99.7 FM on Joy Prime and on Joy News as well. Remember that Joy Prime is on 281 on DSTV 
while Joy News is on 4 to 1, also on DSTV. My name is Nathaniel Atto. I'm back by the rest of the Joy Sports team, and I'm here with Victor Achutamaklo and Fento Tahiru Fentro. Now, let's get down to the business we've all been looking forward to, especially from a Ghanaian perspective. Now, uh, there's been a lot of talk ahead of this game. We'll take a listen to Coach Chris Hewton and also Jordan Ayu, who's been very vocal in the past few days and uh, had the opportunity to uh, get a journalist back on track when the journalist <laughs> suggested to him that, uh, you know, Ghana suggested a hypothetical situation in which Ghana was eliminated. He said, and I like the look on his face. He was very composed. He looked like a principal of a college asking <laughs> a, a student a question. Well, let's go down to uh, the conversations with um, uh, Chris Hewton and uh, Jordan Ayu. Firstly, I, I don't know if um, the expression, I have an expression, hopefully this is a good omen that, um, that the Black Stars in this uh, same position throughout the years have been able to come through victorious in the, um, in the second game. Um, it is something that I am aware of, um, but I think the, 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 biggest, the biggest motivation for the players... Uh, is that um, we are here, we didn't get the result we needed in the first game. This is the motivation we need for the second game. We want to do well in this competition. This is the motivation that we need for this game. Uh, we are against a big team, successful team in, in Egypt. This is the, the motivation. And, and probably more than anything is... Um, we are aware of expectations. We have a, a, a wonderful support behind us and, and always do. And um, there isn't uh, one player in the squad. And uh, Jordan's here, having played in AFCONs before and represented Ghana for so, so many years. There isn't one player <coughs> in this squad that isn't aware of what this game means. And... Um, they're the biggest motivations that we can give to the players. Well, first of all, I don't agree with that because everyone that plays football is bread and butter and uh, everyone gives his 100%. Sometimes things go your way, sometimes things don't go your way. But I think um, we need to do more, that's for sure. And we are ready to do more and we are going to do more. So nobody should, should worry about that. And tomorrow is a big day and we know that it's a big day and we know how... It, how much it means to to Ghanaians, and for we, we ourselves personally, we, we want to perform. We want to perform in this tournament. We, we didn't just come here just to to visit Abidjan. We came here to to perform well. So we'll see tomorrow, and we're ready. We're ready, and you cannot. I, I wouldn't agree when you people say people lack commitment or no. No one lacks commitment. Everyone is fully committed. Just that sometimes things go your way, things don't go your way. But you need to force things. And tomorrow we're going to force things, and we'll see after that. Well, first of all, I don't agree with that because everyone that plays football... Well, um, for a very long time, you know, he's been described as an introvert. He rather won't get the job done. He, he's actually explained his look, the look, the facial expression on the pitch. He talks about how he sees it as serious business. And that's the reason why he doesn't make time to even smile when he's on the pitch. Um, same way when he's delivering his news conferences. Uh, very stern look on the face. And he says, look, uh, stop saying we don't have commitment. It's just that things don't go uh, the way we want them to sometimes. Yeah, 
absolutely. Uh, I think that you need to do more of the talking on the pitch, though. Well, that's the most important thing, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's admirable as his composure is off it. Um, he's been criticized a lot with his performance on the pitch. And um, I think that he, he, he made that clear. He says they are not there for a holiday. They are not in Abidjan for a holiday. So they don't want to come back home. And he says they are not out yet. And I like that spirit because the first, uh, the first step of winning is to believe that you will win. And I think that already it looks like he believes they will win. And I think... Do you believe we'll win? That mindset. Do you believe we will win? I'm not the one playing the football. <laughs> no, but do you <laughs> believe we'll win? The one, if they believe, I Ivan Cho is, is <laughs> uh, evading the question. They, do you believe we will win? If they believe, I believe. Okay, so you believe we'll win. I, if Jordan believes, I believe. Jordan believes. You believe? I believe. I believe. I believe. Uh, you know, um, and I think it's going to be difficult. Okay, and we will get to what the key aspects of uh, our performance should be in order for us to win uh, this game or get any decent result out of it. But even I would say, I'm not saying we are going to lose, but we have to be real and say that even, even if we do not beat Egypt, it is not the end of the road for the Black Stars. Exactly the point, but also yes. it complicates the, the question <laughs> and complicates the journey further. Yeah. Uh, before I come to you, uh, Victor, let's get on Zoom and have a conversation with our tournament correspondent, uh, Muftal Nabila Abdullahi. Now, Muftal Nabila Abdullahi uh, has been monitoring lots and lots of situations. He was, he was with the, the fans. He got in there to clarify the issues for us uh, when the allegations about the ministry supposedly uh, mistreating the fans that had been sent to Kodeva came up. He brought us uh, the real situation on the ground. Now, he's been to the camp, and he's got uh, some stories to share with us. Uh, he'll be joining us very shortly, but Achu, um, what kind of game are you expecting, uh, you know, the Black Stars team to play this afternoon against Egypt? I'm not very optimistic. Mm. I have to be honest. Um, the football we've played in the past year under Chris Hutton, the football we've played in the qualifiers for the Afghan and for the World Cup since it started, the football we played against Cape Verde does not give a lot of optimism. And this is one game where nothing but our best. We have to be at our best to get anything from it. And I can't remember the last time the Black Stars were anything close to their best. We can only hope that the players are pumped for it, like Jordan's posture in that press conference yesterday suggested. And there's one thing I know about players when they get into that state of mind. It's a, there is no middle ground. It's either brilliant performance or something that is completely undesirable. So let's just hope it's, it's something that delivers the results for us tonight. Well, something that delivers the results. And also, um, I'll be coming to you, Fence, so that you can... Uh, give me a look and feel of how ball distribution goes on the pitch. Yeah. You know, because um, ball distribution becomes everything in the scheme of things. Um, there's been a period in the Black Stars history that we've had like a strong, world-class midfield that we're very confident in. We're not able to exactly tell that kind of story now because of injury situations and because of a lack of cohesion and the inability to see who is able to complement who on the pitch. But... Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, Nat, thank you. I've been working on something, mm. and uh, if the guys will put my uh, screen up for me, I would like to show you exactly what it's like mm. uh, when Egypt plays and what it's like when Ghana plays. Very well. One of the biggest problems that we had in that game uh, against Cape Verde was that we all felt that uh, our attackers were very isolated. Mm. Okay. And 
I'm just going to show you something here um, that will completely demonstrate uh, exactly what we have been up to when, when it's come to, um, okay, actually, when it's come to our passing. And Very our well. passing is probably one of the biggest, it's, it's one of the biggest reasons we've had the many problems that we've had. Mm. Now, this is the pass map uh, for Egypt. Okay, so this is the pass map for Egypt. Egypt. This All is right. how Egypt passed the ball around in their game against, uh, against Mozambique. Uh, uh, Mozambique. Okay, great. All right. And I, now, before you continue, I've spotted Mo Salah here. Sorry. Yes. All right, that's Mo Salah. There we so go. So you know when, when, okay. when Egypt started the game, mm. obviously it looks like Mo Salah is starting on that right-hand side. Mm. But most of the time, what is really happening is Mo Salah is playing in this half space. And this is his average positioning. And you can see that Mo Salah is not the widest player of Egypt. It's actually this player, who is Zizo, a central midfielder. Mm. So Salah starts out on the wide areas, but Salah's average position is actually in this half space, drifting into that number 10 position and playing off the shoulders of the number 9, Mustafa Mohammed. So when we start our game, we have to be very mindful of that, that Mohammed Salah is not going to spend a lot of time on the wings. In fact, the passing and his average positioning tells you that he's not the player that's going to be here. So it is our centre-back who will play here that will have to deal an awful lot more with Salah than the actual uh, wing-back or the actual left-back. Now, if you look at the way Egypt have played, look at the passing lines to Mohamed Salah. Everything goes through him. Every single Egyptian player has found a pass straight to Mohamed Salah in their game against Mozambique. And look at the connection between their front three. Okay, this is Trezeguet, this is Mustafa Mohammed, this is Trezeguet, Mustafa Mohammed, this is Mohammed Salah. And you look at the passing between them. They exchange a lot of passes, Mohammed Salah to uh, Mustafa Mohammed, four times. Even this player, El Neni, to Mohammed Salah, six times. So they found each other an awful lot. Okay, and this is the compactness that you was talking about. And look at how compact Egypt play. They're finding each other and working the ball in intricate spaces. And we talk about the importance of the triangles in passing. That is what makes players available to receive a pass. So look at that. Look at all these triangles. Triangular passing. That is exactly how Egypt play. And this is how football is played. It's no surprise, in this match alone, Egypt took 21 shots against Mozambique. That is the most shots Egypt have taken in a single match. At the AFCON. At the AFCON, yeah. ever. So, they don't, so Ghana is going to face a lot of shots from Egypt. And they're able to take those shots because the passing is great. Yeah. And they get into decent positions. Before you continue, uh, uh, Fent, I want to know if we have the conditioning ability. Okay? Whether our players have the conditioning first. Second, and um, the technical ability in terms of deployment to break all of these lines of supply. That's just exactly what we are coming to. Okay. So you look at, so this is Egypt. Mm. And, and you look, so that looks almost like a pyramid, yeah. doesn't it? So Definitely. very compact, looks very structured, very organized. Compare that to Ghana. All right. Okay. Tap on that one. The next one. Yes. This one? Yes. This is Ghana's passing map. I see, even before you continue with Ghana, yes. Egypt are able to do what ordinarily national teams should not be able to do. Right? So the sort of chemistry and the 
ease with which they are able to find each other and find solutions in games are something that is not normal. It's not common with national teams because you have what two, three training sessions before before yes. matches. But the trick for Egypt is that the football that you see their players play at club level is very similar to what the national Absolutely. team Absolutely. And this is important the because... The average positioning of Salah at Egypt is his average positioning at Liverpool. At Liverpool. And this is important because if you look through the team, Egypt have got seven players from Ali, seven players from Pyramids, four players from Zamalek, who play very similar football. The only difference perhaps is the quality of the materials and the degree of accuracy, right, and the end products. On top of that, seven of their starters in the game against Mozambique also started the last AFCON final. So it tells you about the consistency. Now, you compare the Egypt pass mark to the Ghana pass mark, and you don't need a magician to tell you <laughs> which, which of the two teams is more organized. And look at the most surprising thing. And this is what everybody said after the game or even during the match, that a player like Konisdorfer was so isolated. You look at the passing mark, for example. There was not a single time where our front three players found each other. In fact, the front four. four. So Jordan Ayu never made a successful pass to Semenyo. He never made a successful pass to Konisdorfer. Konisdorfer never made a successful pass to Penso. Penso never made a successful pass to Konisdorfer. Penso never made a successful pass to Semenyo. This is the problem. And this problem resulted because, one, we have a structural deficiency in our team. In that the way we deployed the personnel in that match, it was next to impossible. And that's why every single time our midfielder seemed to have been overworking and we always got very overpowered. And you look at, this is supposed to be our midfield three. Okay, in that particular match. This player adding to Semenyo in the 4-4-2, maybe in possession. But every time we lost the ball, he was supposed to do. Can you believe this? That there is no single pass between Majid Ashimeru and Konings Dolfa. Our number eight and our number ten did not share a single pass. How worrying is that in that game against... And this is the problem. So, you know, I think going forward in this game, so how do we... And counter, how do we deal with this deficiency? How do we solve this problem against an Egypt team that is very compact? You have to remember that Mozambique scored two goals against Egypt with an XG of 0.81. In other words, Mozambique were not even expected to score one goal per the chances they got, but they scored twice, mm. which means that Egypt are going to limit the Black Stars to very few opportunities. And so efficient finishing would be key. Yeah. Well, we won't get a lot of chance. In fact, Egypt, the two goals they conceded... Who can, we, yeah, who can we rely on to give us <laughs> that efficient finishing? And I'm coming to it. Very well. In fact, that game against uh, 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 Mozambique, for example, right? Mozambique scored with the only two shots on target. That was how efficient they were. They had two shots on target. And before that, my Egypt have kept three clean sheets in a row. The important information here, though, is that Egypt has scored in each of their last 17 games in all competitions. <laughs> so, more likely than not, they will score. They will score against the Black Stars. And we have to score. And for me, I think this is one of the things I feel like we can do. I think Chris Hutting is very... I don't think he's going to try the three-back system. 
because he's never tried it once, ever since he became a manager. So I don't think he's going to change. I think he's going to maintain Ofori in goal. And I think Gideon Mensah are left back. And I think, I definitely think that he will maintain Salisu and then Juku. Because also, in the game against Mozambique, Egypt, uh, Egypt shot in as over 40 crosses. Yeah. So we're going to have to be very alert to the crosses as well. And if you give me a choice between Salisu and Amate in dealing with crosses, I would rather go for Salisu. That's why I think if they did their scouting right, they'll probably stick with Salisu, even though he didn't do exactly too well in that first game. And then Alexander Juku, of course, will keep his place. Okay. Mm. I think it's going to... I think in order to dominate that midfield and cut the passing lanes that you talked about, we need... Fiercely competitive midfield. And that's why I'm going with Salis. I think Baba is rather a bit too slow. I'm going to go with Majid Ashimeru. He's bold, he's confident, he's fit. And I think I'm going to play Mohamed Kudus. Even if it means that he can only last 60 minutes, I would play him. And I would play Jordan Ayu on that left-hand side. More naturally because I think whoever it is that plays at left back, which most likely than not will be Mohamed Salah and even Salisu, they will need a lot of help from our winger. And Jordan Ayu is the only player I can trust to track back as much and help out without Mohamed Salah defending. Mm. And then Pinsel will keep his place on the right and I'll play Semenyo. With this, I think that we have the ability to be able to press as high as possible and as incessantly as possible. But the key would be organization and doing this in a more structured manner. Because some of the things that we saw in the game against Mozambique, sorry, against Kvid was when the front three went to press, the middle two didn't follow. Mm. And so they left a gaping hole mm. between the attack and then the defense. And so every ball in between, or the moment they bypass the press, then immediately we are in all sorts of trouble. So I think, ultimately though, being brave and being bold will be the only way we can beat this Egypt team. Because we have seen the Black Stars and the Chris Hilton play more cautious football, and yet we have fallen flat. We have lost in games where we have tried to be cautious, where we have tried to be, I don't know what it is that we have tried to do. But one thing I have seen, or have not seen from Chris Hutton's side, is to show enough bravery. And we saw a bit of it in that second half against Madagascar. Madagascar. When Majid Ashmeri came on, and we showed a bit more bravery, a bit more, uh, a bit more courage, we got the result. And that is what we need against Egypt. After all, what's next? Because if you lose this game, and you're depending on that last game against Mozambique to go and win them, your destiny is no longer in your own hands. So show some courage. And I think it is one of the reasons people haven't necessarily been impressed with the Black Stars. They have not played football with a lot of risk, with a lot of heart and soul. That is important. And that is how, Nat, that is how Mozambique managed to get uh, two goals against... That is how Mozambique managed to get two goals against Egypt. All right? Um, I just want to show you... Oh, okay. All right. Mm. I just want to show you that, um, there you go. I just want to show you that second goal that Mozambique scored against Egypt. Now, this is Egypt in possession in their own final third. Yeah. And yet, 
Mozambique are matching them for numbers in Egypt's own half. Okay? So how many... Look at the number of Egyptian players that you have in their own half. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right? In their defensive third. And look at the number of Mozambican players that you have. It's exactly the same. All right? It's exactly the same. So... There, 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 there. Six of them, marching them boot for boot. They're not afraid and sitting back in their own defensive third and waiting for Egypt to just come at them, which is what we, have, we tend to do. They've gone pressing Egypt very high up the pitch. And if you watch, just before the pass is made, look at El Neni. El Neni is telling Hegazi that, what are you doing? pass the ball back because Mozambique have managed to block all the passing lanes to their key players. So you can see there, there's no way he finds this because he's marked by two. He can't go there. He could have come here, to be fair, but he wanted to keep the ball going. So instead, he goes all the way to, uh, to Zizo. Who did get to the ball? But then look, as Zizo gets to the ball, look at the number of was a bigger player that came after him. And the press was absolutely rapid. There's no chance that he gets through with that. He gets the flick in, and then Mohamed Salah obviously loses the ball, and immediately Mozambique are back and get the goal. So, well, so yeah. we need to be brave, in my opinion. Okay. And that be is brave. the only way we can get a result against Egypt. Any kind of cautious football and try not to, I think we will concede. <laughs> and trying not to concede, it's not going to help anybody. Show some bravery, okay, and attack them as much as possible. And I think we have goal scorers in that team. With yeah. Kudus in there, with Semenyo in there, stretch them. Show some speed. Egypt has the oldest squad in the whole competition. So they can't match some of our forward players for pace. Semenyo is quick. So is uh, Pencil. You understand me? So I think ultimately, the tactics are important. The team is important, the structure is important, but the players need to show a bit more heart and desire. And Mozambique showed the way. Well, uh, the players need to show a bit more heart and desire. And this time, it has to be on the side of the Black Stars team. It's time to bring in the philosophical man of statistics at Joy Sports. I'm talking about Karim. Abdul Karim will be bringing us um, into the game further, and he'll be looking at previous examples. Um, you know. So in a, bit, in a bit, we'll be bringing him on but would also be going over to Cote d'Ivoire, where our man, Muftar Nabila Abdullah, is on standby to bring us up to speed on what the fans are saying and how the last one went. Okay, so let me just quickly um, go uh, over there again to the ground in Cote d'Ivoire, where Stone, who used to be a panelist here, now has switched geographical locations to Cote d'Ivoire for very obvious reasons. And I can see Stone in his uh, Nigeria jersey. I mean, this, this is from 1994, isn't it? This, this is what jersey, I, yeah? yeah. This this jersey is the one the one that was worn in 1994. Uh, I'm not sure. Ask him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. So let's go on uh, Zoom. Let's go over to uh, Abidjan and have a conversation uh, with uh, Stone. Stone, good to have you on the show. How's it going out there? How's it going? Everything is great. Uh, the Abidjan is 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 hot. Outside that, everything is great. All right, now uh, tell the guys in the studio, we're all asking for this jersey, you know, customized editions, so it's in your hands, you know. <laughs> do, you, do, you want, do you want the jersey? 
Yeah, this particular, this is what uh, Nigeria wore in 1994, right? At the, at the USA 1994 World Cup, remember? Is that it? Looks like it. <laughs> it's, a, it's just slight difference. It's not, it's not exactly the same thing. Anyway. Uh, EK Chukos and, and all those uh, guys that were great, that it's just a slight difference, but not the, not the exact same thing. Yeah, there's a bit of wind. There's a bit of wind in your in your in your you know sound. So I like to re I like you to readjust yourself. So a Stone is there. Uh, he's joined numbers of journalists there who are looking ahead to covering this game. Stone, tell me about the you know the, your colleagues, our colleagues in in you know who are covering the tournament and what they are saying about the game between Ghana and Egypt. And then after that, tell me about what they are saying as well. Uh, you know, in the instance where Nigeria is about to play the host nation. So, first of all, about uh, Ghana, Egypt, a lot of people are not uh, hopeful about the match. Um, it's a thing of hope. We believe that Ghana can do something, but we also know that Egypt have uh, the prestige uh, at the Apple competition, and, and we see and we see that Ghana lost their first match and all this kind of stuff. But some people believe that Ghana can step up, you know, show themselves uh, just like they've done in the past. You know, Ghana is not a team that you come to play, like I've said many times. You don't come to play Ghana and think they are going to have a, a, an easy day. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a struggle. And and we have seen that Egypt are vulnerable. Egypt are vulnerable. Yeah, Mozambique. And now it is time for Ghana to show that Egypt can be beaten. Okay, not just that Egypt is vulnerable, but Egypt can be beaten. That is what Ghana needs to show. And uh, yeah, so it's, some people say Ghana will not win. Why others say Ghana will come back from this and Ghana is going to? Mm. Well, um, so you have to know that they are beatable. Let's talk about the Super Eagles of Nigeria briefly as well. Um, game on. Time is up. Um, we need a good result from here so heads can be calm a little bit. Well, I, I'm not scared of any part of Cote except Yamichu. That's the only part of Cote that I'm, I'm scared of. Because when you have Opana, when you have Sangari and when you have Kesti, that's the best midfield at the AFCON right now. That's the best. Uh, they have the, the passes, they have the tenacity, they can run 90 minutes, they can pass, they can shoot from outside the ball. So Fana actually hit the bar after scoring in, the, in, in their first match. The guy can shoot. And if you watch Nigeria's match, the first match, and uh, Nigeria consistently, they don't start the game strongly. They start the game, you know, just relaxing and all this kind of stuff and ball watching. And that's how we considered in our first match. So you can't ball watch against Fofana. You can't ball watch against Kess. You can't ball watch. You can't ball watch against those guys. They will shoot from outside the box and they will score. That's what they do. Okay? But the problem with Cote d'Ivoire is that they have slow centre-backs. And Nigeria can take advantage of that. Victor Simen, very quick, very fast with his pace. Play the ball up to... He can get it, get a goal. You know, also crossing into the box for Cote d'Ivoire, their defense uh, messed that up also. So Nigeria has a way to enter into Cote d'Ivoire defense. If we can play true balls, if we can play up throughs, if we can play crossing into the box, we can break into the Cote d'Ivoire defense and get what we need. We, we just forget about the midfield, focus on the defense and just play the long balls to that place. No, this is not time for Tiki Taka. You can't, you, you're not going to play tiki-taka against those three. You're not going to do tiki-taka against those three. You, what you want to do is long balls. 
play it long and try to get a win. That's what you want to do. No cute football today, no you know incredible play. No, 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 no. Just get the goal and win. What we feel like Mario today. We get the goal and we move on. We get the win, three points, and we move on. But like I said, if Nigeria comes out ball watching like we did in our first match, then we're gonna lose. Because Cote d'Ivoire can score you in a hurry. They can score you in a hurry. And don't and let's not forget, Fofana's shot in the first match was actually seen with the tip of the hands of the goalkeeper. Can Nigeria's goalkeeper do that? I don't think so. So that's going to be another problem. So at the end of the day, what I'm thinking about here right now is this. Nigeria needs to come out guns and bleeding. Get the goals, defend. 2-0, 3-0, we defend. Okay, even if it scores one goal, 3-1, 2-1, we defend and go on. Remember, we played Cote d'Ivoire before many years ago, and we defeated Cote d'Ivoire. So, defeat, defeating Cote d'Ivoire is something that we do normally. I'm, I'm riding with Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, Stone is a football TikToker from Nigeria with a very wide audience across the African continent and different parts of the world, including Asia, uh, the Americas, and Europe. Uh, we'll do a round of messages, and when we return, we will uh, do some more analysis with Fentu and uh, Achu here in the studio. But, of course, another man wearing Ghana colors uh, in uh, the media area is here with us. Muftal, good to see you. Um, we, we've seen, you know, videos from your attendance of the final training session. Um, so, would go to you, would come over to you for your comments on that one and what we are likely to see in terms of who will start in a little bit. You stay with us. So, um, a lot more to come. Do remember that we're here on AFCON today and it's on Joy Prime 281 on DSTV, Joy News 421 on DSTV, and Joy 99.7 FM, which is live on Facebook and on YouTube as well. Stay with us. More conversations coming up as we build up to that big game between the Black Stars of Ghana and the Pharaohs of Egypt. and thrilling podcasts and live shows download and listen to us on Apple Spotify TuneIn Google Podcasts MyJoy Online Amazon services like Echo Amazon Music and Audible Stitcher Adom Online Overcast and Pandora take note of everything sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated we've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation Oh no, we are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alexa in my bag. Alex, what? Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio. Joy 99.7. Listen to Joy FM. Hits FM. 
Love FM. Live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play and then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. Visited that last training session. Mufti, go ahead and tell us uh, what you saw when you visited the last training session for the Black Stars. Okay, so Mr. Ato, um, the last training session of the Black Stars actually started around 6.30 p.m. And um, all 27 players were available for training. Um, you know, the standard practice is that we are allowed to witness just the first 15 minutes of the session. We did watch the first 15 minutes of the session. And um, one of the things I realized was the fact that uh, these boys, um, as you all heard from Jordan Ayu, as you heard from this huge team, they are extremely hungry. Jordan Ayu says that they have put themselves in this very difficult situation and they have to bring themselves out of that situation. Chris Hilton is also hopeful that um, these boys would respond uh, to the setback that they had against Capverde. Because uh, that game against Capverde uh, actually rolls back the memories of Cameroon 2021, where the team lost his opening game against Morocco. He also spoke about the record of Ghana not losing a second group game since 2000 and losing just one uh, since 1992. He says that he's hopeful that it's going to be a very good moment. Um, I was quite close to Chris Hilton during the training session uh, at, the, uh, at the, the Blasters training ground when he was laying down his phones. Uh, one could clearly tell, tell that this is a man uh, who is uh, hungry to um, change the trajectory and fortunes of this team in this African Cup of Nations. So, yeah, uh, I can tell you uh, with all certainty that all the 27 players might be available for selection. I use the word might because of the concerns of Mohamed Kudus. It is unclear whether Mohamed Kudus would be uh, available to start or he'll be coming up from the bench. But what we do know is that for three days consecutively, he was part of the training session of the team. I've had the privilege of speaking to people within the team, and what they tell me is that um, Mohamed Kudus has trained really, really well, and uh, they are hoping that after assessing him today, they will be, uh, be, be very convinced that he either starts or comes from the bench. In fact, uh, as usual, I want nosing around to try and see whether he's available for, uh, to start uh, today. But unfortunately, I've not been able to lay my hands on anything yet. Uh, when I'm able to get that information, definitely, um, it will come to the attention of Joy Sports and the rest of our audience who are monitoring us from all over the world. Um. Muftar, I want you to tell me about Kudus and what specific activity he, you know, got involved in at this last training session. That is, if you saw him at training at all. Oh, yes. And in fact, um, I, did, I did send the files. I'm sure you probably saw him in that training session. He took part in every single session for the first 15 minutes that we witnessed, from the jogging to the players 
uh, stretching to the players, having a kick of the ball and uh, passing the ball and all that. He took part in every single thing. And Mohamed um, Kudus, uh, as I saw him, what I saw clearly suggests that this is a man on his way to recovery. This is a man who could uh, probably be given an opportunity to salvage the, uh, the situation Ghana currently finds itself. But um, like Dr. Pombo will always tell you, um, it's a decision of the coach to determine whether a 70% fit Mohamed Kudus is better than a 100% fit another player on the pitch. Because it's a technical team that would always decide. One of the things that I have realized, having interacted with uh, technical team members, is that they would always tell you that um, we, need, we need players who are going to go out there and get it done. Maybe they might just decide that, give the ball to Mohamed Kudus, man, because um, with, uh, without Mohamed Kudus, often you wonder where the next creativity of these black stars is going to come from. Without Mohamed Kudus, you wonder where the, 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 the drive is going to come from. So, I, I think that if the technical team feels that even if a 50% fit Mohamed Kudus is better than a 100% fit another player within the team, they might just give him some time. And maybe tell him not to work extra hard. Just, let, just get the ball to Mohamed Kudus because within the twinkling of a second, Mohamed Kudus can change something for us. So, uh, maybe it's something we might we might see happening. But like I mentioned, in fact, just a couple of seconds ago, I saw him just jog around uh, that, 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 uh, um, on the I screen. See. So <laughs> it clearly tells you that Mohamed Kudus is, is actually uh, uh, maybe, maybe might just play some minutes later tonight. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, that was the man, uh, Muftaun Abila Abdullah. He is in the media center uh, getting ready for the game later tonight. He's now, very yeah, very, very early, and, and I can understand why. <laughs> now, very, very shortly, we're going to get, you know, we're going to get, um, you know, the man Fentu to give us some comparisons between Astaman Kudus and, uh, you know, Mo Salah. But before that, let's get into some numbers, shall we? And the man with the numbers, Karim, is here with us. Karim, come over, uh, join us. Let's see what you have for us today. Everything okay? Yeah, good to see you. May the God of <laughs> luck that is giving the, the underdogs are getting finals today. <laughs> All right, Karim. Um, look, this is a this is a very big fixture. Many people are, you know, looking forward to this fixture. Um, tell us what the dynamics are going to be like. Nat, don't you love Ghanaians? We love them. We do. <laughs> of all that, the Black Stars are making us go through. They are still not giving up. 2021 group stage, World Cup group stage. <laughs> Matches that you take would be very easy for us. Still, we don't get it. Now we've developed some tough skin for the Black Stars. <laughs> All that we are going through, but we still don't give up. <laughs> That's why the American author, um, Helen Keller, she says that character cannot be built through ease and quiet. Only through going through trials of hard experiences and suffering that you can, the soul can be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. Now, we've got, <laughs> now we have what? Gone through all the suffering. But what are we waiting for now? The success. Hopefully it will come tonight. Yes, it has to. So overall, let's look at the stats of Ghana and Egypt head-to-head. -head. We've met 23 times in all competitions. 23 of those imagined. Just look at this number. Egypt has won 12 times. That is deflating to see, but 
again, we hope to find some inspiration from somewhere. Then uh, five Ghana won, five of those, and six of them ended um, in draws. Six of them ended in draws, and we are looking at the last five games Ghana and Egypt has played. It means that we are going all the way back. This is some refreshing fixture to see at St. Ghanaian. We hope that that spirit at the Bahia Sports Stadium, that the 38,000 fans gave the Black Stars, will locate us today in that stadium in Abidjan. Five minutes in Asamoajan, that's where we first saw that malaria goal. Yeah. Asamoajan then goal from Wail Guma, then Majid, Ash, uh, Majid Waris, Asamoajan against Lemuntari, then the late Christian Achu 6-1. The World Cup qualification for the 20, um, 2014 World Cup was on course. Then in the reverse fixture of that World Cup qualifier again, we lost 2-1 with uh, and, Kevin uh, Prince. Kevin Prince what is scored scoring our goal. goal. Yeah, then this is the run to the 2018 World Cup qualification. We lost. In this game, you see 2-0. Mohamed Salah scored the opener and assisted the second goal. Hopefully tonight he will not score. I just forgot to mention... Wasn't the second goal in that game a penalty or something? Uh, that was in 2017. Yes, yeah? 2017. Yeah. After this game, maybe there was shortage of Fufu in Kumasi. <laughs> Hopefully today, <laughs> they will not be leftovers. <laughs> in 2017, we met at the Africa Cup of Nations group stages. Mohamed Salah scored the only goal again. Then this, this was um, the final game of the 2018 World Cup qualifiers. We this was drew, in Cape Coast. It yes. had already qualified. Yes, we drew 1-1 one, one and... That, that round was over. Then Muftahu was talking about the women of the second group game. In nine, since 1992, that's 32 years ago, up to this point, we've, we've played 19 um, second group games from World Cup to AFCON, and we've only lost one. Out of those, we've won 13 of them, five draws, and only one defeat. Can you imagine where that defeat is from? That was in the 1998 AFCON against Togo. We lost 2-1. And can you imagine what happened during that 2-1? We exited at the group stages. Hopefully, this time, we'll not... I'm not imagining that we'll lose, but it means that maybe a defeat could also mean that we'll exit at the group stage. That happened 25 years ago in Burkina Faso. That's the head-to-head for that. Wow, that's, that's amazing. That's interesting. Um, thank you very much, Karim. Um, it, it's time to quick, take a quick look at, um, you know, Kudus versus, you know, uh, thank you so much, Karim. Uh, I'm very grateful. So we're going to take a quick look at Kudus versus, uh, you know, Mo Salah. Yeah. So yeah. come, come over. Yeah, come I over. want Achu to do Achu, that. Achu, come and come and tell us about uh, what we need to know about this. So <laughs> there was something instructive that friend showed us. Maybe after this, if there is time, we can quickly go back to Mohamed Salah oh. and the issue of Fashimiro Majid. So we're seeing 27 caps apiece, 14 goals, 18. This is this from Mohamed Salah, yes, this season. Mm. 14 from Mohamed Kudus, and then two assists. Nine by Mohamed Salah. But Mohamed Kudus is getting a bit more value from his contribution because he did not have preseason with the team. Mm. Traditionally, you expect players to go through a period of acclimatization when they join new teams before they've defined their rhythm. But players like Mohamed Kudus completely rubbish that narrative and he's simply hit the ground running and is having a fantastic season tonight's match the question that i've been asking myself in every Ghanaian: which of the structural problems on sunday that we saw does mohammed kudu solve mm. so there needs there needs to be a structure there needs to be a foundation one thing that friends pointed out was how 
of all the passes that Ashmiru Majid made, a lot of them were sideways and safe passes to his players. And it points to one thing. The options simply did not exist. Yes. So our players need to show up for the ball, be an option, an outlet to pass the ball to. But a structure also needs to enable it, which means we have to be bold and be daring in a game like this. Otherwise, none of all of that is not going to come for anything. The last thing I'm going to say about this is the problem of Mohamed Salah. If after watching Mohamed Salah and what he offers, and after watching what Mohamed Salisu did, between Salisu and Jiku, which of those two centre-backs would Ghanaians trust to handle Mohamed Salah? That should answer the question of whether Salisu starts tonight's match. Because I don't think that if he has fitness issues, I don't think three training sessions and that game against Cape Verde will bring him up to speed to be able to deal with the rapid, and Mohamed Salah is very rapid. Well, that's a very important fact you've raised there. So you think now, that Amate might come in to I'll go with Amate and then Jiku. So here's the Just to have same, same here. I, yes. I, I, I think Jiku, Jiku will, be, will be a good resource for tonight's game. Here's another mm. thing that all of you have to pay attention to. Jiku has been booked each of his last, in each of his last five matches. Not a good fair play, uh, you know, fair play record. So but when against you come Kibbert, up against a player like Mohamed Salah... He will be booked. Against Kibbert, he showed us that he can... Play with the hearts. Issues, yeah? He can play with the hearts even after they... For mm. a lot of players, the yellow card becomes an encumbrance. And they, are, mm. they play within themselves after that. But he mm. didn't. And he made yeah. many last-ditch tackles that could have resulted in penalties. In a game like this, we need players who are going to be brave. Ah, okay. Let's, let's see how it goes. Just reminds me of the man, uh, you know, Mubarak Kwakasu and all of those tough tackles that he does. <laughs> Guys, we need to run. But before we run, let's These just quickly today, take a tomorrow. look at the fixtures for today. Yeah. Uh, one of them comes up very shortly. Equatorial Guinea, Guinea-Bissau. Scoreline? It's a big one. Equatorial Guinea to win. Okay. Um, yeah, I think Equatorial Guinea wins. All right. What about Cote d'Ivoire, Nigeria? Cote d'Ivoire wins. Okay, what about you? Could Cote d'Ivoire wins. Okay, um, I'm not going to ask about the one. <laughs> you should. Ghana wins. And that's the end of the discussion. And that's how we wrap it up here. Thank you all so much for watching. Uh, once again, a very big thank you to 1957 by KOD for giving us this and making us look very Ghanaian and very good, uh, you know, this afternoon. Hopefully, we'll get to tell a good story. We'll bring you other editions of these in uh, other Ghana match days. Thank you so much.